0: Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. You guys are going to get two sermons in one today. Are you all happy? Was that a yep or a nope? Yep. Yep. Okay. I thought he said nope. like, okay. Hey, listen, um, first let me just tell you this I'm really super happy about. Uh, I'm so thankful for Mike and Cassie. Y'all are doing a great job with our students. Yeah, y'all can clap. They're doing a great job with our students. Yesterday, just so you know, I want you guys to know this. I get to see this kind of stuff behind the scenes, but yesterday uh, some of our students went over and spent hours and hours and hours and hours cleaning up and raking leaves and messing around some too I heard um, of, a, of a super sweet um, a young lady in our church Ms. Schumann's house. Uh, they were over there helping her and I don't know I just think for a kid it was beautiful yesterday for, for a kid to say you know I think what I'll do is, is I'll go volunteer for Jesus and go love on somebody. I think that's pretty awesome. So I think that's awesome. Sean you have a new job. You're the youth pastor. Mike you're fired. <laughs> So anyway, no seriously. I'm good with Mike. Okay, you're good with Mike, Okay. <laughs> but no, listen, I'm so I was so I was so happy to hear that and, and then all of a sudden um, and I will tell you what I loved mostly is is that I didn't get pictures from any other people that came and helped. I got pictures from Ms. Schumann last night because she wanted to let me know what they were doing. So they weren't trying to brag. They weren't trying I got I got pictures from Ms. Schumann. So guys, if you were a part of that, ladies, if you were a part of whoever was a part of that, you guys are awesome. And you made one person's day big time yesterday by showing your servant's heart. And it was an incredible thing to do. So listen, I want to talk briefly. I told you you get two sermons in one. I want to talk briefly to you guys. Um, so I thought instead of, um, instead of um, starting out like I usually do and going over what we've talked about before, I want to talk to you briefly about, about how the enemy uses different circumstances to attack you. I want to talk briefly about that. Over the last three weeks, um, out of something that seemed pretty trivial uh, the last three weeks, I have been big time kind of under, under spiritual attack. Now, just so you know, if you're visiting here or you don't know me very well, I don't see a devil around every corner, all right? I'll just leave it at that. I, I'm, I'm not one of these people that, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think because I got a flat tire that the devil's after me, okay? I just think that I probably should have got better tires or should have missed the nail. Um, however, I do think there's some things that we can learn from, from spiritual warfare. And so I do want, I do want you guys to know something just as briefly, like I said, this is free. Uh, um, this is a free message. Okay. You don't have to, you don't have to, uh, uh you know, there's no, there's no cost to this. And some people say it's what it's worth. But, um, listen, I want to tell you guys, uh, whenever things start going your way, Whenever things start doing well in your life, whenever, things, whenever you start seeing a light, whenever the hope that you had, I want you to hear this, whenever the hope that you have, whenever that hope, you can start seeing that in a more clear way, that is the time when the enemy is going to hit you the hardest. I want you to hear that. I want you to hear that. And what you're gonna do is is you're gonna get lulled into thinking, man, things are on a roll, and God's really blessing, and God's really blessing. And out of the blue, what's gonna happen is this the enemy, I want you to hear this, the enemy is going to take and try to go at your security. All right, your security. Maybe it's your security of your job. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's Maybe it's your job security. You may think, well, something happens at your work. Or maybe maybe it's a security within a friend of yours. A friend of yours says something or does something. Um, maybe it's that, maybe it's your financial security, all right, your financial security. Maybe that's what occurs. And it's almost like a step-by-step-by-step situation <clears throat> because it, you know, first it'll start here, and then when that doesn't work, it'll go to the next one. And then when that doesn't work, it'll go to the next one. And for you and me, it's going to feel like you're being piled on. Are you with me? You're being piled on. And how you react to those things really determines the next step. Because if you react by having faith, which is the right reaction, then you can look because things are th- more things are going to be coming your way. I want you to hear that. But the eventual, I want you to hear this, the eventual target of all of these attacks is not you always it's always your family i want you to hear that in the end the goal of the enemy is to target your family and why is that because the family and that's what he did in genesis in genesis he targeted the family in genesis at the very beginning he targeted the family because that family was going to be the one that would 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 literally go And bear much fruit. And that fruit would eventually bear the Messiah. Remember the goal of the scriptures. It is a love story. And it's a love story about redemption. It's a love story about the redemption of the world. And we would. Here's what would happen. The greater. The greater. Okay. Would be defeated by the lesser. The lesser. Who's the lesser? Well it's you and I. God would show in his infinite power. He would show that the lesser would defeat the greater. And if you look throughout the Old Testament, what do you always see? The lesser defeating the greater. It shows His power. We even saw that back uh, whenever you had Israel in a war with all of these surrounding countries. And the lesser defeated the greater. But the final goal for the enemy is always going to be your family. It's going to get you, try to get you off course, going to get you messed up. It's going to get all of these things occurred. And I just want to encourage you guys that if you will stay the course, if you will stay the course, that, and people always say God's not going to give you more than you can handle uh, baloney. That's not true. That's not biblical and it's not true. I just want you to know that. What the scripture says is that God's not going to allow temptation for more than you can handle. So the temptation to sin is not going to be more. It has nothing to do with life circumstances. If you want to tell me that God's not going to give you more than you can handle, then I would say, well, Lynn and Susan Hudson have been through a lot last year. Okay? Tornadoes, the loss of of, of two siblings, uh, they've been through a lot. Uh, They couldn't handle it. And we've had to be there for them to walk with them through it and to carry them through. But I do want you to be alert that the enemy, the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion. He really is. And I want you to be alert that it's coming after your family. He's going to come after your family. And be alert to those things. And let me, let me tell you a, a quick... A quick uh, story. You know, last couple of weeks have been really difficult. Uh, no need to go into it, but it's been, it's been really difficult, uh, especially surrounding the school, and um, and and all of it had to do with all of it had to do with standing on biblical principles. That's it. It was just standing on biblical principles and not waging, you know, not trying to bend to things that aren't biblical principles. But a lot of times, whenever you know people always say, "Well, the devil's throwing arrows at me," a lot of times we give them the arrows. We do. And so that was, a, that was a, a mistake that we made. We kind of gave him an arrow or two, and he started throwing them back at us. But so it's really crazy because, because uh, Wendy and I are real, we are, very, um, we, we are very financially conservative, all right? And we made a large purchase, purchase recently. And what's funny is I just want you guys to know this. W- whenever you're financially conservative and you make a large purchase, your transmission is going to fall out in the other car. It's going to happen. Your air conditioner is going to go out. It's going to happen. And so to be honest with you, Friday I was like, hey, we're going to, I'm going to have a great day. It's my Sabbath day. If you don't know, if you don't have a Sabbath, you need to take a Sabbath at least once a week. If you can't do it for a whole day, do it for eight hours. That's where you, you don't sit around and, and meditate and do alms. And it's where you do whatever brings you joy and whatever you, you your family, what you guys can do as a downtime where you don't think about work, you don't think about all these things where you literally just take some downtime. So Friday's my Sabbath. And so I, I ended up, uh, I, was, I was running a few errands and, and um, it all started at Chick-fil-A. Is anybody shocked? The only thing you just said is if I said it all started at La Peria, you're like, of course it did. It all started at Chick-fil-A. So I was putting an order in on the Chick-fil-A app because my wonderful wife had brought me a free Chick-fil-A sandwich where someone gave it to her at school. So I put it in on the app and I was ordering it and all of a sudden it went away. I've never had a problem with the Chick-fil-A app, but I did that day. And so then I said, okay, great. So I pulled over on the side of the road. And I ordered because I, you know, if you go through Chick Fil A line and you like pay with your card, you're the problem. <laughs> Just pay with the app, seriously. Pay with the app. And, I, and here's what I do: every time I get in Chick Fil A line, I'll say, "Okay, okay, okay, I'm going in this one," and I'll jump in the right lane. And, dude, the minute I see the lady in her purse, I'm like, oh, man, I picked the wrong one. I just did. And the the little girl who'd probably been here three days, and she's trying to figure out how to get the card in. And I'm like, this is going to take at least 30 more seconds. I'm frustrated. Anyway, so, but I did. I went through Chick-fil-A, and I I did the Chick-fil-A app. And so, so I, uh, I got to the restaurant and, you know, I, I did a second time and I got to there and I, and it was like, Hey, proceed to Chick-fil-A. You awesome person. Uh, and I said, okay, that's me. And I drove around to Chick-fil-A. And when I got to Chick-fil-A, uh, I pulled up into the right line, the one I was supposed to be in. Uh, by the way, if you're going to Poplar, don't ever go through the drive through, go to the uh, curbside pickup. It's much quicker. Just that's, that's, that's free. Anyway, so I was in the curbside pickup and I pulled up and about that time. Everything disappeared. I was like, okay. And I checked my app and it was gone. I checked, I checked everything. Nothing was working. And that's frustrating. And I was like, great. So I backed up and I pulled over into a parking spot. And I had to do, this is awful. This is literally torture. I had to walk into the restaurant. I know, right? Anyway, so I walked into the Chick-fil-A. And the lady looked at me and she said, uh, Hey, can I help you? I said, Yeah, you can help me because this is messed up. Like it disappeared off my app. And she asked me the name. I gave her the name. And she goes, Oh, yeah, we have it here. It will be right out. I said, Okay. And I was, I was like, Okay, well, it's gotten a little better. And then my phone rang. And it was my son. My son goes to UGA. He was at UGA. And I said, Hey, bud, what's going on? And his words were... Dad, we've got a major problem. And um, I thought, well, great. Is there anyone pregnant? And he said, no. And I was like, okay, good. (laughs) Then, son, we don't have a major problem. We have a minor problem. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Anyway, so I didn't ask him that. All right. I promise I didn't. I thought it, but I didn't ask him. Um, I said this. I I said, what's going on? And he said, Dad, I turned into my apartment complex, and the CV joint, I, he, had already, he knew the name of it, so I knew someone was there helping him because he does not know what a CV joint is. Okay, he just doesn't. I mean, he's like, he said, the CV joint has broken on my vehicle, and on the front left of my vehicle, and the tire has gone up into my fender. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we do have a problem. I said, take some pictures and let me see it. And it was bad. It was really bad. And so I was like, great. This is ridiculous. Wendy and I are leaving for Disney tomorrow. And way back when Baptist, they boycotted Disney. And I should have known not to go to Disney. But here I am living the dream. And anyway, so we've got this, made this new purchase. You know, uh, the Chick-fil-A app didn't work. And so now I'm going to Disney. And all of a sudden, I've got this major car problem. And so I said, well, we need to call a wrecker, and he said, my son said this, my 19-year-old son said, Dad, the wrecker's already on the way. And I said, can you put my son on the phone? Because I'm, I'm trying to talk to the guy that can't order his food at the restaurant, not Blake. I mean, I'm trying to, so he said, Dad, the wrecker's already on the way. I said, okay, well, great. He said, I- it's going to be $100. I'll pay for it out of pocket. You can just reimburse me. <laughs> yeah, I know, Right. I know, right? I know, right? Living the dream. So I said, okay. So I saw the pictures. It was bad. So, so I said, he said, I've got two shops here, they said. And so I said, let me call them. And I called them. So by this time, I was getting more and more frustrated. All right? Two reasons. One is because I was slightly hangry. And my Chick-fil-A was in the car, and I couldn't eat it because I was talking to my son. But second, because I was like, great, you know, great. We made this purchase, and now it's ridiculous. Things are starting to break around the house and blah, 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 blah. And I started getting all up in my feelings. You know, not that you guys do that, but I kind of did. And so I was driving, and uh, and sure enough, and this is all never a good sign. So I called the mechanic guy, and I said, hey, listen, here's who I am. My son is having it towed over there. He said, great, we'll be here. So when he got over there, I thought, oh, great. And he called me. The mechanic guy called me back. I had just met him on the phone five minutes ago. He said, man. If a mechanic calls you and the first word he says is (laughs) man. Yeah. Hold on to your wallet. He said, I didn't realize it was this bad. I'm not going to be able to do this work. You need to take this to a body shop. So long story short. We had the tow truck take him over to a body shop. By the way, tow trucks, a little sketchy. It was $100 to take it to this place. Two miles up the road, he charged me an extra $25. i am just saying he'll get his. Anyway, so, so we took it over there to the, to the body shop. So now I'm thinking, great, my son's not going to have a car. He can ride the bus during the week, but blah, 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 blah. And he lives in an apartment. And blah, 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 And I'm going off about all these kind of things. And then I said, I sent him a text. I said, son, I said, listen, I want you to know something. I said, I'm really sorry about the car situation. And I'm really sorry that you're not going to have a car for a little while. Uh, And it may be, you know, it may be up to two or three weeks. It may be more than that. But I said, I'm really sorry. And my son, my 19-year-old son, texts me back and says this. He says, dad, God's timing and his ways are higher than mine. I trust him. Apparently, I didn't need a car for the next couple of weeks. And then your preacher felt about that tall. And I was like, amen, son, I agree with you. Because I couldn't, I couldn't fake it, right? I did fake it. I couldn't, I, I, you know, I but that's, it just hit me in the face. I'm like, wow. You know, and I always like to caveat this was saying, he's probably smoking weed right now, but so far he's been great. <laughs> All right, I'm just telling you, I don't think he is. <laughs> He's been a great kid. He's been incredibly awesome. But, but listen, you guys, sometimes we just need a reminder to major on the majors and to minor on the minors. And the enemy is going to attack. But greater is he that is in us, that he that is in the world. And the lesser will defeat the greater. And the story's been written. And that's your free sermonette for today. If we had a plate, we'd pass it. But we don't have plates. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8 and take a look. Romans chapter 8 and take a look. We asked the question last week, are you flourishing or are you languishing? Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 14. Starting in verse 14. It's a little bit of a long verse, so I will read this. Starting in verse 14, if you don't have a Bible, it's on the back. Of the wall behind me. It says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So if you're led by the Spirit of God, you're a child of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He, and I love this word, adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba Father. For Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share His glory, we must also share in His suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal in us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly so that the future day when God will reveal who His children really are... Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, and it was that was because of the fall. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to this present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of His future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and Suffering, We, too, wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as His adopted children, including the new bodies He has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays with us in groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son, so that His Son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them... He called them to come to Him. And having called them, He gave them right standing with Himself. And having given them right standing, He gave them His glory. Last week we had a drummer here. Jason was a drummer up here. Jason comes and plays drums for about once a month. He does. And his wife was sitting back there with their daughter, Mary Ann. Jason and his wife adopted their daughter, Mary Ann. And it's one of the most beautiful things that you'll ever see because Marianne has special needs. She does, she does. I talked to I talked to Michelle this week, asked her if I could share this. She's, she told me she said she has cerebral palsy and it affects her speech and her eyes. Marianne does. but in a, in addition to that, she had she was born with severe hip dysplasia. And Marianne now since last June, uh, since last June, I think it was July fifteenth is when she had the first surgery since then. She has been through excruciating, excruciating pain in her hips because of this surgery. And that is one tough little cookie. She is tough. Her pain threshold is so high. It's an amazing thing. So why would, why would this family, this family adopt this child? Well, it's all because of Jesus. That's the reason it is. It's an outpouring of his Love. It's an outpouring of that. Adoption is an incredible thing. Adoption is an incredible thing. It's one of the most incredible things. It's really one of the hardest and most beautiful things that I personally have ever been through. The first point I want to tell you is this we are God's adopted children. We are. You and I are God's adopted children. Why do I say it's beautiful and hard? Well, let me tell you why. It's one of the most beautiful things because I think it's the purest picture. It's the purest picture of uh, of God's love for us. It is. It's the purest picture of God's love for us. It shows a God that loved us enough to adopt us and bring us into his family. It's an incredible thing. For those of you who don't know, I have an adopted daughter. She's an incredible, incredible human being. She really is. I love her so much. And, but I'm going to tell you something. The second part of this is the one I think it's the hardest. Here's, here's what we had to experience and she had to experience. And, and everyone who's ever adopted a child has to experience it. Here it is. It's a beautiful thing, but it's a hard thing. Because what you have to do is, as an, an, an adopted parent, what you have to do is, is you have to go through all of the things that have occurred in this child's life that you had nothing to do with. You did not make the error. You did not make the mistake. And yet, listen, you have taken full responsibility of this child, and you are walking through life with this child, working on, working on helping for that kid to become whole. And that's exactly what we had to do with our daughter. And that's exactly what Jason and Michelle are having to do. And that's exactly what there's another family here, Ms. Reed, her daughter as well. Is the same thing. She was adopted from Haiti. My brother, my brother, we have, I have two nieces that are both adopted from Ethiopia, and they too are having to go through that process. It is a beautiful, it's a beautiful picture, but behind the beautiful picture, here it is, there is sacrifice. Are you with me? What I don't want you to miss is this behind the beautiful picture, of you becoming one of God's adopted children, guess what there is? Their sacrifice. The sacrifice that Christ made on the cross. The sacrifice that Holy Spirit does within us as He, Holy Spirit, walks through, He walks through all of those issues with us from the past. And He begins to help heal us In the same way, in the same exact way as an adopted parents would do for their children. I don't know if you guys know this or not. We didn't know this. When we adopted our daughter Bailey, we got a birth certificate. The birth certificate said that Bailey was born. okay, And when she was born, uh, it was in Baltimore, Maryland. And Wendy was 21, and I was 22. And we had Bailey in Baltimore, Maryland. The only issue is, is that I didn't know Wendy when she was 21. And neither one of us have ever been to Baltimore, Maryland. I don't know if you know this or not, but when you adopt a child, literally all the way down to the birth certificate is brand new. And here's the incredible part. I love this part, and you're going to love it too. Every trace, legally, legally speaking, every trace of her past is eradicated. Now, I want you to think about this. We still had to work through her past with her. But legally speaking, everything that she had went through Whoever the father and mother was on the adoption certificate, all on the birth certificate, all of those things eradicated. So that by right now, if she goes and applies for something and she has to show her birth certificate, the federal government looks and says, her mother and father are Barry and Wendy Williams. She was born in Baltimore. Wendy was twenty-one. Barry was twenty-two and had hair <laughs> I've never been to Baltimore I didn't even know Wendy when she was 21 The same thing was true for the Roman law I want you to get this the Roman law here's what the Roman law said If you adopted a child let's say you adopted a boy not only not only would all of the past be gone here's what's cool if the young man had committed crimes, those were all wiped away as well. You had full inheritance. You had full inheritance. If it was royalty, that adopted child would then take his rightful place in the secession of the line of the king. It was all wiped away. And God did the same thing for you, and he did the same thing for me. It's funny because um, Bailey, is, is, this is really a cool, cool thing. Uh, one of the things it says here in, in uh, uh, let me see what verse it is, it's verse uh, 15. It says, and now we call him Abba Father. Do you know what Abba Father is? It's Daddy. Abba Father is not, you know, hello, Father. It's daddy. That's what it is. And the funny thing, the funny thing about Bailey when she texts me or when she texts Wendy or when she talks to us on the phone, do you know what she refers to us as? She's 28. I'm daddy. And Wendy is mama. M O M M A. Mama. And I'm daddy. That's who we are. That's who we are. We're mama and daddy. And that's who we're always going to be. Because there is a, listen, there is a intimacy there that's much deeper than just some role that I play and just some role that Wendy plays. It was interesting. Whenever we were doing the wedding planning for last spring, whenever we were doing that, it's so funny because our daughter has different tastes than we do. But she, I know, right, Wendy? Wendy just laughed. She was like, "Boy, howdy!" All right, if she was going to bring up the word rose gold anymore, I think Wendy and I were going to explode. I was like, "Girl, everything you got's rose gold. I'm not wearing a rose gold outfit. I'm not doing it." But but she uh, she did her planning herself, and we stayed out of her way and we let her plan. But do you know who? Do you know who she wanted to plan the wedding with? It wasn't any of her friends. It was her mama. She just wanted me to write the check. It was her mama, though. Her mama is the one she wanted to plan the wedding with. And it's interesting because Bailey was at work and doing things in North Georgia, and her mama, her mama, every night would come home, and she would do something to help her daughter. She would dye flowers or she would dye these wood flower things that bailey got if you knew my daughter you know that she's just kind of strange but she would do, she would she's unique how about that but no she did these wood flower things and i thought they were real dumb at first and now i'm like oh my gosh we have them sitting around the house they're so cool but um, wendy would come home and she would do all this stuff for her daughter why would she do that well because she's ours why would she not do that she's ours there's a depth there, and that is who you are with God now because of what Jesus did for you and me. We are adopted. We are adopted. Now, let me say something to you. It sounds like, you know, unicorns and, and, and corn puffs, doesn't it? It sounds like it's going to be easy street. But here's the second point I want to make to you, all right? I want to make this point to you. Following Jesus, it, Jesus isn't always easy. Following Jesus isn't always easy, and here's how we know that. A lot of people think that following Jesus is supposed to be easy, that they've got all these problems and they come to a point where it's like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to give up, give up, you know, myself. I'm going to die to myself and I'm going to follow Jesus. But can I tell you something? He tells you very clearly that it's not easy. As a matter of fact, Jesus tried to convince some people not to follow him because he didn't think they could hack it. It's true. It's true. He says, look, I ain't got a place to lay my head. And what we want a lot of times as is, guys, is, is we want easy Jesus. We do. We want easy Jesus. We want to love everybody, and, and we don't want to tell anybody the truth, and we want everybody to just be happy and sing Kumbaya. That's what we want. Jesus never did that. He never did that. He didn't. We want easy Jesus, but it's not ever supposed to be easy Jesus. The Scripture says, right here, it says, and since we are his children, we are heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. It's not supposed to be easy. We had adopted Bailey uh, after about, um, I guess it had been about a year and a half. And I got a phone, uh, Wendy actually got the phone call and she called me. Um, Blake was in aftercare at Canongate Gate. And he was running, he's all boy, my son's always been 100% boy, he was all boy, and he was running around outside, and he tripped, and his face hit a rock, a sharp rock, and it cut a huge gash right here over his eye. He actually still has a a little bit of a scar right there, but it was a huge gash over his eye. So we had to rush over, and we had to get him, and we had to run up to the doctor's office up here. And the doctor said this, he said, listen, he said, I really hate to tell you this, but I'm going to have to put stitches not only on the outside, but also on the inside. We're going to need at least two or three stitches on the inside and two or three stitches on the outside. And so basically what we had to end up doing is, is um, we had to do what they call a burrito. Um, And I'm not talking about Taco Bell. Uh, basically he had to put his hands, he, he had to, we basically wrapped him up so he could not touch or move. And we had to literally lay on him so that the doctor, and this is the worst part, you guys, he could not, because of the nerves around his eye, he could not deaden, he could not stick a needle in there. And so Blake had to tough that out with no deadener. He would just squirt it in there and then try. Needless to say, Blake screamed and yelled. He did. Now think about this for a second. What if, what if my daughter were to say, hey guys, listen, I appreciate everything you've done for me. I I can't deal with this. I'm, I'm checking out. Sorry. Just let me know when Blake's better. And she walked out. Well, you'd think, no, she'd never do that. Well, why wouldn't she do that? Well, here's why she wouldn't do it, because you're there for the good times and the bad times. You're there for the greatness and the suffering. Do you know what she actually did? She laid on my son and her brother. And I didn't cry, I almost did, but her and my daughter, Wendy and Bailey, sat there and wept with Blake as she was, he was getting those, that, that injury. That's what happened. Now, why would she react that way? I'll tell you why. Because she knows who her mama and her daddy is. And you go through the tough times with them. Bailey had tough times as well. She did. She's talked about it before. I'm not sharing anything off color. She, she's talked about it before. She had tough times as well. And there were many times when Wendy and I, you know, she was, she, she was, she was doing stupid stuff. And, and uh, we decided, hey, you know what? We're going to help her get dead. We're just going to kill her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Has anybody ever had that attitude? Oh, bull crap. You guys have had that attitude now. Come on. I'm the only one, my bad. So listen, but, but we would pray, and eventually what we had to do is, is we had to say, God, you take her. And God came back and said, don't worry about her, I've got her. And that's all he ever said. That's all he ever said to me. He didn't tell me any details, he just said, don't worry about her, i got her. You have to go through tough times. The same is true for following Jesus. It's a lie, you guys, that whenever you give your heart over to Christ that everything becomes A-OK. It's a lie. Because the, the, that is the starting point of your sanctification that you be sanctified the rest of your life. Oftentimes it's going to be more difficult. Oftentimes you're going to have to get rid of some friends that you have. Oftentimes you're going to have to distance yourself from people that are not following after Christ. Oftentimes you're going to have to make better decisions about who you allow into your life. You're going to have to make better decisions about who you let speak into your life. But I can tell you this, I've done those things. I've spent nights at home by myself when I was a teenager, lonely. I, was, I gave, my Christ, uh, gave my life to Christ two days before my 19th birthday. And I spent my college years sitting at home doing nothing. Because I didn't want to do anything that was going to disrespect God, I did not. I did not want to do something that was going to disrespect God, because I took that bond seriously. He told me that I was one of His children, and I took—I I literally just took that literally and said, "Okay, I'm one of Your children. I'll do it." And that's what I did. It's not always going to be easy to be a follower of Jesus. It's not. It's not at all. But the great thing is, is Hebrews 4.15 4, says this. Hebrews 4.15 says, The high priest of ours, he understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings that we do. I want you to get that. He is not a high priest. He is not a savior that can't understand what we're going through and where we're going through. He can because he faced those very same things, yet he did not sin. Sometimes you guys are going to have to take a stance for Jesus that's not going to be popular. It's not. Sometimes you guys are going to have to say, you know what, even though, even though this is happening and this is happening and this is happening, I will praise you even in the storm. Sometimes you have to do that. And that's not, not going to be, that's not going to be easy But don't forget, Romans 1, chapter 16 and 17. Romans 1, chapter 16 and 17. It's our verse that we always use, Romans 1. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentile. And then it says this, this good news... The good news is what tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Can we go back to the 16? Verse 16. It says, I am not ashamed. Period. 100% Unashamed is what we named this, this series. And the reason we named it is because we are told often that we need to be ashamed of what this Bible says. I am not. I don't understand it all. This will shock you. I don't agree with it all in my own flesh self. I wish some things weren't in there. But all I can tell you is, is I've been following Jesus for 30 something years. And I've let me down, and my friends have let me down, and my family at times have let me down. Jesus never let me down. Not one time. No matter what we were going through. He never let me down. And he never will. And he won't you either. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that you are ever present, always with us. God, thank you so much that you love us to the point of guiding and directing us and allowing us to be an heir of yours. God, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for the people that have come to hear your word. Lord, don't let them leave the same way they came in. I just pray that you would change them from the inside out. And as God, as you do that, we will give you the glory and the honor and praise. And so now, God, we ask you to come and dwell in our worship. We ask you to to, uh, um, continue to pursue us, God. Continue to pursue us, God. And let us submit to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and let's sing a final worship song. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.